I'm not hearing anything from GCN at this point, so I'm going to just presume that they've got me. Um, this is Free Talk Live. It's uh, Mark with you. Jay. And Michael. And uh, we're, I've got this story up here I want to talk to you about. Uh, U.S. teachers demand change after execution-style shootings with pellet guns in a school shooter drill. Wait, they shot the teachers with pellet guns execution style. Yeah, I heard a uh, nice little, um, uh, what's it, the Lava Flow podcast. Roger Paxton was talking about this, and uh, he he was like, you know, those uh, CO2-powered uh, airsoft pellets, like, those things hurt. I don't know if you ever got hit by one, but, like, especially if you're, like, not wearing, like, a jacket or something, and, you know, my brother's got one, and he, you're wearing a T-shirt, and he's, like, 10, 15 feet away. I mean, it feels like you got you know, stung by a nasty hornet or something, and it'll make a welt, it'll make you bleed, and, you know, it, it, it'd take your eyeball out. And so, uh, yeah, that was pretty intense. I was, uh, you know, it's pretty brazen. They're just going to go in there and start shooting up teachers. I don't know if the teachers, like, knew that this was a drill or something was happening. Yeah, I, did. I, he- I heard a little bit about this. Apparently, they had no clue they were going to get shot like that. Yeah, that's the gist I got from uh, listening to Lava Flow the other day about it. They seem pretty outraged, I can tell you that much. Yeah, they, um, you somebody know, Ro- shot me. I'd be a little outraged, even yeah. if it was a pellet gun. Yeah, that's right. They were uh, Roger was reading off, um, you know, some uh, stuff that these uh, teachers had to say, and that they were shot several times, and then they were brought back outside, and then they were brought back in to like for for more, <laughs> like after they were shot once and stuff, and they just they couldn't believe it was happening. So the story is here from the Independent.co.uk. Teachers in Indiana have demanded legislative change after being forced to endure execution-style shootings by local law enforcement using pellet guns during an active shooter drill. Uh, so if you can imagine, the cops just bust into the classroom, uh, you know, like, get up against the wall! I don't, I just, I don't want to get up against the wall. I don't care if you get up against the wall! You know, this is really brazen to do in Indiana because Indiana, from what I understand, I got a lot of friends. I used to go to this uh, big truck pull thing and uh, shy diesel extravagance out there. And it was almost open carry like pork fest because Indiana, from what I understand, is very, very uh, good gun laws and like open carry. They have constitutional carry. And that's what those guys are telling me. So, I mean, what if a teacher was actually concealed carrying and then they just come in to do right. a drill. Yeah, did, they, did they even know this drill was going to happen? I, who knows? I, I, even if they did, they didn't know that they were going to be. this was going to happen. I, um, let's, let's read the story a little bit more. Elementary school teachers, elementary school teachers in Monticello, Indiana, suffered physical wounds, including bruises, welts, and abrasions when they were shot by the pl- plastic pellets, according to a new report. The teachers repeatedly screamed in horror and pain. It gives it, it, gives it authenticity. Uh, during the, uh, the active shooter training, as they were told to face the walls of their classrooms and kneel down before being shot by the officers. Oh my. The Indiana State Teachers Association has called on lawmakers in the state to, to add an amendment to the new school safety bill so that more reasonable limits are placed on these drills. Yeah, that, uh, who who thought of shooting the teachers execution style? Uh, this is not a normal thing for an active shooter drill. It, you you cut it off before that point normally. When I first heard about this drill, that there was an active shooter drill, 
So, like, you know, being, you know, listening to all the conspiracy theory stuff over the years, all these mass shootings, it seems like, oh, uh, Homeland Security or whatever, or the state police in a couple towns over were planning, a you know, some kind of terrorism drill. Like, there was a drill th- the same day as, like, the marathon uh, bombing. There was a drill the same day as a shooting in um, Connecticut uh, uh, down there a couple years ago. I, I forget what town. Sandy Hook. Yeah, Sandy Hook. And there was a drill, like, just several of these things. I mean, you know, Alex Jones and, you know... Uh, talks about it and um you know a lot of these guys on that (laughs) and uh yeah so so they've there's always these drills so when i i heard this drill i'm like oh so there was an act there was a drill so was there some you know manchurian candidate dude that was all jacked up and sent to go shoot up a school and it didn't happen and they had to drill anyways you know as as a distraction or or whatever It, it just keeps on reminding me of this um you know, I really think a lot of these things are, you know, pushed to happen, like these these mass shootings, just like in that V Vendetta movie when the prime minister is like, remind the people why they need us, you know, and, you know, keep this stuff, you know, just moving and happening. So, I mean, I, I have no clue. I don't, susp- I, you know, I, I tend not to think that these things are staged. However, um, I am sure this is what I imagine happening is, is that some police officer out there is uh, taking his job a little too seriously. He's like, you know, if you're not ready, to, if you're not ready for these active shooters, you're going to die. So we're going to get in there and we're going to we're going to train those teachers. The best way to train them is to put little plastic pellets in these things and shoot them. They're going to take these these little school marms going to take seriously security. Right. And well, you know, it's certainly realistic. I'll give you that. Sergeant Slaughter, you know, just goes in there. It's like, ah, you know, he's lost his he's lost his mind that could have been the teachers were terrified but were told not to tell anyone what happened the group said in a statement yeah like that's ever gonna not not tell anyone. teachers order. waiting outside that heard the screaming were brought into the room uh the room four at a time and the shooting process was repeated <laughs> oh my this is the... <laughs> This is how it could go, ladies. Yeah, what is the point of this? So let's go get to the public school versus private school. What 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 would happen if this was in a private school? Somebody would be getting fired. Somebody would be getting sued. Somebody would be getting shot with a real gun. You know, if those private school teachers were allowed to actually carry and be able to defend their school when somebody comes. You can't tell right. the difference between an airsoft gun and a real gun. What's you know? the point in having an active shooter drill where you execute the, uh, the, the teachers uh, outright without them having some ability to uh, protect Opt themselves? Out. I yeah. mean, really, it doesn't make too. sense. I, I mean, how would... How would Sergeant Slaughter handle this, uh, if, if that's the, the concern here? I mean, what are you going to do? You going after him with a pencil? What are you going gonna to throw your laptop at him? I have a friend that teaches a um, practi- uh, practical application of force class. And literally in this class, you learn how to kill someone with a pencil right away. But you can't do that against, I mean, I'm sure that you know that these cops are going to be doing active, uh, uh, the active uh, drill, right? The teachers knew about it? I, 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 I don't have that one. <laughs> I mean, other than they were told not to talk about when they were being taken into the room and executed. Well, in theory, they should know about the, that a drill is going to happen. See, yeah. I'm under the impression, I don't know a lot about this, maybe it's in the article that like this was a total surprise by the teachers, but what if there was, you know, what if Chuck Norris was the substitute teacher that day, right. you know? It, it, you know well, 
that's the that's the difficulty here is, is let's suppose he doesn't you if you do know you don't want to use uh deadly force against these guys who are going to come in and then do an execution so um i mean that makes the, the this part of the drill kind of pointless right if the, if you don't know then you but you do know that sometimes they do active shooter drills what's more likely to occur the annual or even semi-annual uh, active shooter drill or uh, you know some a bunch of terrorists coming in who speak english really well and uh, taking over the school and how do you tell the difference i i mean you know either way if you could, if i could kill a man with a pencil i am best served not to kill a man with a pencil in this circumstance do you, but, underst- you understand where i'm coming uh, from oh i do but if you have no idea this is happening and you're and and, and, and you're at work, whether you're a school teacher or you're, you know, working your desk job at, you know, some office building and dudes come in with guns and a guy puts a gun up to your head and you can reach out and stab him in the throat with a pencil. <laughs> what are yeah, you going to do? I, <laughs> you know? Yeah, if I can if I can stop the threat, I'm going to. Right. I, I don't have any problem with actually stopping a terrorist threat with a pencil. But you don't it's know just, it's a terrorist threat. It's maybe. unlikely to be. Statistically, it's unlikely to be a ter- terrorist threat, too. Making this uh, even more difficult. What do you think? 855-450-3733. 855-450-FREE is in Free Talk Live. Talk Live. You're welcome to call in, share whatever's on your mind. We're talking about this story that apparently from Indiana, um, some cops jacked up on adrenaline go in and do an active shooter drill in an elementary school. I mean, and then in the process, they take so they get these pellet guns. They're using airsoft guns. I think is my mm-hmm. guess is what they've mm-hmm. got. And, yeah, that's what you they know, said. these are these are great. They're great training uh, implements. No, by no, by no means aren't they? Yeah, they if t- you get hit by one, you'll know you were hit. It's they're taking these. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're serious business. The <laughs> the um, they're taking these elementary school teachers. They're they're lining them up against the wall and they're executing them with pellet guns. They're not actually. Killing them, but I mean, execution style, I guess. Uh, taking them into the room four at a time. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. They, they, they've taken this active shooter drill so, so far. Let's go to Bobby calling in from Florida. Bobby, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Yes, I know this was at an elementary school, but, um, uh, you know, same was at a high school. I'm with you guys. If I'm a student and I didn't know when these guys start rolling in or I hear them, I'm going to get a desk or something. I'm going to get me and a couple buddies, and we're going to take two or three desks and just start slamming these guys in the face. They kind of Right. I mean, if, do a Flight 93 on them. Yeah. Yeah, because it sounded because they, they they said that they could hear them in the halls and people running around. I'm getting me and a couple of buddies. We're ready. We're gonna get right by that door and have desks. And if, when they pop in, we're just gonna start popping them in the head. Frickin' you know, Bobby! Because, I mean, that's the way you do it. Yes. You're supposed to fight, right? Oh, well, that's the thing. Is if you're to take this seriously, then you take it seriously. I mean, is it a live drill or isn't it a live drill? If it's a live drill, and if it's if it's not a live drill, they shouldn't be executing the, uh, the teachers, right? If it is a live drill, I should have fought with everything I had. Right. And then some police officers get hurt and they, uh, you know, the the union uh, sues and all that other stuff. Thanks Better for the call, Bobby. Appreciate it. 
855-450-3733. The thing that I can't square in my mind, now I don't know exactly where this this happened in Indiana. I know it happened in Indiana. I think that's a suburb of Indianapolis. And the one part that I can't square in my mind is is police tend to look a certain way, right? You know, they tend to be kind of beefy. Mm-hmm. They tend to have short haircuts. You're probably not dealing with the undercover narc squad here. You're probably dealing with the guys that are on the SWAT team. Right. It's my guess. Um, and one of the things they do, part of the SWAT team, this is all training, right? And those guys, I mean, I've worked, I worked with law enforcement for years. I know what they look like. And they don't look like terrorists. What do terrorists look like? Not this. I think um, the definition of terrorist to me, the only people who have ever terrorized me in my life have always been cops. I understand. So they don't they're look the biggest like the, terrorists in this country. They don't look like the non-governmental take over a school and execute the teachers like the movies terrorists. Right? Like you could see this, a terrorist cell in the movies being full of a, a bunch of short haired slightly overweight i'm not overweight might not be the right term but i mean you know uh, uh, as far as an insurance company goes they're overweight because insurance companies just decide on your height and uh you should have a certain you should fit a certain weight weight bracket so this mm. is certainly meat uh certainly uh fat the whole deal right um and these guys they, they just don't fit the uh what i would imagine uh that's looking uh the, the terrorist cell looking like which then makes it so the the teachers and the students take this as a training exercise. And if it's a training exercise, we should treat it like a training exercise and make it so that somebody can learn something right. from it. Who, for whom is it a training exercise? The cops, the teachers, the students? Who? Right. Well, uh, all of the above? According to this yes. uh, I'm looking at here, it says it's uh, for the teachers. Uh, they were saying uh, the training was meant to be realistic, to show what happens if you don't act. Basically, if you're not going to fight back, Basically, the idea is teachers need to fight back, and that's what Roger Paxson was saying on his show the other day. That they were saying that teachers just going to get executed, so you need to fight back anyways. And right, that I so well, they drove. That's a terrible, terrible, terrible way to train because in order to fight back, you can't fight back with like running at them, flailing, and and throwing your fists. That's dumb. Okay, if they were supposed to fight fight back, back, they should have gotten some kind of training on. Exactly how to do that. Uh, agreed. They probably should have had some training on how to fight back. But what if one of these was packing heat and did? Does she pass? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> you pass. Was- we have a dead cop here. Officer down. That would pass the test. Now, does she go to prison for no. having an unlicensed? I don't know whether they're allowed to have the, the guns in the school here or not. But if they are allowed to have the guns in the school, then then she would have done nothing illegal. I would not convict. According to this uh, NBC News article five days ago, it says White County Sheriff's Bill Brooks said participation was voluntary and the teachers were shown beforehand what the drill would entail. Were they told they would be executed? That doesn't doesn't say. This is just a little little. Brief. Well, he said they were told it ahead of time. I think that sounds like a bunch of covering to me. Most oh, likely. Yeah. I don't believe that for a second. But But they tell the teachers don't discuss this. Don't don't talk about this afterwards. Well, yeah, they're they, covering. I, I think that might be related to just that moment when they were taking the teachers into the room and executing them. I don't know. Um, like, don't don't tell you the other teachers we're going to take them into the room and execute them because if you're being taken four at a time, 
out, I mean, are you being exchanged as a hostage or are you being executed? You really don't know. I mean, if you hear, keep on hearing gunshots, then maybe you do. So uh, going on here. Uh, the no one in education takes these drills lightly. Uh, the statement continued: "The risk of harming someone far outweighs whatever re- added realism one is trying to convey here." Officers conducting the voluntary training did not initially inform the school teachers they would be shot with the plastic pellets, according to a report published in the Indianapolis Star. Okay, so they didn't know they were. This is the news, and the news is never right, Michael. That I mean, I've had. Uh, Dozens of news stories written about uh, me and things that I'm closely related to. And they never get it right. It's always really close to right. (laughs) And some stories are better than others, but there's never a story that's perfect. So you just have to read the news and kind of wonder. And especially if they have like advertising for pharmaceutical commercials and like the National Guard and like the NRA, you know, they're not going to be right. Then. I'm not sure what uh, what, what necessarily <laughs> is going to be the, the the outcome, but I I would say that uh, it's impossible unless you're there to write the, the, the perfect story. One reason the bloggers are so valuable these days in uh, the production of news. This is what happens if you just cower and do nothing, said one of the officers, according to a teacher who spoke at the local newspaper anonymously. Gail... Oh, Gail Z, director of government relations for the Indiana State Teachers Association, told the outlet the group was seeking a simple statement in the, uh, in this bill that would prohibit the shooting of some types of projectiles at the staff in an active shooter drill. I, I mean, okay, that sounds fair. It seems like if you're going to do an active shooter drill, you probably shouldn't be shooting the staff. That seems reasonable. And I'm not sure you're teaching the staff properly with this drill. If it gets to that point, you've you've missed a step. Because in the one hand, the police are working with fake guns, and the only way that a caller 120-pound teacher is going to fight back against a 250-pound armed cop it's is to do something lethal. Right. Not something, not fight back, but fight back in a lethal manner. You don't want to come half-stepping in a situation like this. 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE. Free Talk Live. Or use the Discord lines at discord.freetalklive.com. Bitcoin.com wants you to know about SaveItPurse.com. Since launching in 2014, over 200,000 users have saved an average of 15% for a combined $4 million using Bitcoin, or BTC. And now, you can use Bitcoin Cash, BCH, to fund your account. You can save between 5 to 33% on things you're going to buy anyway when you shop using SaveItPurse.com. Add items to your cart, fund your account, select your discount, and save. SaveItPurse.com. SaveATPurse.com. Free Talk Live. You're welcome to call in and comment on this story or really anything else that's on your mind. We're talking about a situation in Indiana where uh, some teachers were in a live fire or live drill, uh, well, active shooter drill is what we're calling it, uh, here at an Indiana school. And the police, uh, using what we're presuming are airsoft pistols, uh, you know, shot them execution style. <laughs> it's crazy stuff. Um, let me tell you about Freedoms Phoenix. Freedoms Phoenix is a liberty oriented news aggregation site. 
If you want the latest news and freshest stories and a perspective on current events from those who value liberty, freedomsphoenix.com has it. Their daily dispatch is the best way to stay up to date on science, technology, historical findings, liberty news, government overspending, and the rise of the police state. Freedoms with an S, phoenix.com. It's freedomsphoenix.com. I get their daily dispatch every day and find it to be very valuable. I think you will too. Freedomsphoenix.com. This is what happens if you just cower and do nothing, said one of the officers. Other officials with the Teachers Association said that the shooting of teachers is not the normal practice and had not occurred in other state active shooter trainings. The active shooter training carried out at the Indiana Indiana school was known as ALICE, which stands for Alert, Lockdown, Inform, Counter, and Evacuate. The drills typically inform teachers and students how to escape shootings by exiting the building through classroom windows, throwing objects, and distracting intruders, among other responses. They do not always involve officers firing pellets and other plastic products, though it has occurred in several other reported examples. So, there you go. (laughs) Well, this has been done a few other places, like uh, this picture I just showed you uh, while we were on the break. Uh, it shows, uh, you know, a guy on the ground and someone standing against a wall and another guy with a, a gun. They're all just wearing T-shirts and they're wearing yep. airsoft goggles and face mask. And it says schools, teachers and administrators in Colorado City, Colorado, participate in a mock, mock active shooter drill with an airsoft pellet gun on June 28th. And this is the first I've heard of it the last few days. Right. So this has definitely been something that must be doing it quite a bit all over the place if it's, you well, know. Uh, that, that would, I think that June twenty eighth was the incident. Well, this is in Colorado. And oh, this then is in Colorado. Just a picture, and then then is talking about uh, members of Indiana Teachers Association. Unless they're flying the members of the Indiana Teachers Association to Colorado. Drill in Colorado. Yeah, I mean, it's, this is really likely, clear. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I, they they are saying that they're doing it in other locations. Um, so yeah, I, and it says in Monticello, Indiana, um, at this other place. So it, you know, it's obviously it was a stage thing, and everybody was aware of it. It looks like they, they were, but are they they're using the pellet guns in other places. But are, are they shooting teachers in the head? That's, that's the question. <laughs> the execution style shooting. I, I mean, I guess that's shooting in the head, but they don't actually say that they uh, were shot in the head. They said that they received wounds. But well, my understanding of execution style is you you have them on on their knees and you shoot them in the back of the neck. Yeah, that's what it sounds like to me too. I I think that this is an appropriate drill for cops. I don't think this is an appropriate drill for teachers. And I think the cops are trying to impart their attitude towards an active shooter to the teachers and. I don't think that's going to work. That's taking square pegs and pounding them into round holes, and it's just not going to to work. I understand their zeal to have people prepared, prepared and uh, to protect themselves. However, this isn't the way to go about it, gentlemen. And I, at this point, all we're saying is is that um, I, I, I'm not with the teachers. I don't think you need an extra law here that says that you can't shoot teachers with plastic uh, BBs. Uh, but I would say that when the 
uh, you know, schools and teachers unions and these sorts of things contract with law enforcement or private security companies or whatever. They need to be a little more uh, clear as to what they're getting from their drill. Yeah, this training, it just does not sound like it was it was fit for purpose. It was not something that would actually help anybody resist an active shooter or escape one. Yeah, these are um, they're acting like what we would call yahoos. You know, they're just going in there and, uh, you know, being too gung-ho with it all. Uh, in an article from Slate.com, it said uh, two of the elementary teachers told the star, I don't know who that is, that they will... That they had voluntarily agreed to participate in a training. They had not been warned they would be shot. They said the pellets had left them with bruises and welts, and at least one of the teachers said a pellet left her bleeding. Oh, my. Well, I mean, could it break the skin? I don't know about, yeah, I don't know how yeah, bleeding we're talking about. Uh, air, pellets, airsoft, you know, a couple feet away, yeah, no a couple problem. Feet away. Yeah, yeah, it could. It could. <laughs> they, they, you know, they, they certainly... Um, Especially if you're thin-skinned. You know, and right. like probably went to school for liberal arts and never like did any work in your life. What if you're or, in your sixties? You know, you that know? too. Well, yeah, I, I, there was teachers when I was in high school there in their seventies, right? <laughs> that were there. Mm. Uh, this reminds me of a story, and I never ever like to uh, uh, to forget this one because it's just such a great example of what can happen. Is I thought it was a situation. I thought it was uh, more appropriate because it was March Madness, but it wasn't. It was a. Uh, it was gambling on college football games. Apparently, an optometrist um, in Virginia Beach was overheard by a police officer, off-duty police officer, gambling with uh, with a friend on a football game. And the police officer then went after the friend and got him to just sort of lead his other friend into more and more gambling so he'd actually have some kind of case. <laughs> they got to a point where they bet more than $2,000 in a single day, and that was enough for police to charge uh, Calusi, that's the doctor, Dr. Calusi, with running a gambling operation. And that's when they brought in the SWAT team. On the night of January 24, 2006, I said this wasn't news news story. Nope, this is uh, old. Yep. Um, they called Calusi and arranged, uh, this, uh, the friend called Calusi and arranged a time to drop by to collect his winnings. When Calusi, barefoot and clad in a t-shirt and jeans, stepped out of his house to meet the man that he thought was a friend, the, police, the SWAT team moved in. Moments later, Bullock, that's the cop who had been on duty since 4 a.m. and hadn't slept in 17 hours, had killed him. Colusi's last words were, dude, what are you doing? To make it worse, Colusi's parents, uh, Sal and Anita here, um, the, the cops refused to let the nurse notify them that their son, one of three children, had been shot. The optometrist father was also named Salvatore, shortened to Sal, though, uh, although the son is named after an uncle on his mother's side, ironically. The police officer who was uh, killed in the line of duty, uh, poli- the, ironically, that's who, what the uncle was. Calusis did not hear about the raid until five hours after their son had been shot and killed, preventing the devout Catholic fam- family from administering last rites. In the months that followed... The cop continued his investigation, badgering Calusi's grieving friends and relatives after pulling their names and numbers from the cell phone he was carrying and a computer taken from his home the night after he was killed. Uh, Calusi's brother-in-law uh, told the Washington Post following uh, the following April, Bacon called him and menacingly asked, how much are you into Sal for? Uh, a lifelong friend of Calusi's told uh, the Post that uh, the cop called him and accused him of being a gambler. The calls, um, uh, Gooley told the paper, smacked of intimidation and discouraging a lawsuit. So 
this is the kind of thing that can happen when uh, something goes out of control, right? This is an operation here that should have been a simple takedown and arrest. And actually, it shouldn't have been anything. Well, There's no victim, yes. no and, victim, no crime. Shouldn't have been a SWAT team there sure. in the first place. From a libertarian standpoint, I agree. But and, from a cop standpoint, they could have just arrested this guy. But instead, they brought in the SWAT team, and instead, they had him down, handcuffed, mind you. I don't have that part in the story here. This guy was on his knees and handcuffed, and this cop shot him. Now, accidentally, just accidentally pulled the trigger. This cop that had been up for 17 hours or working for 17 hours, just like the cop that shot the, uh, I think his name's Kelly, in Ware, New Hampshire, who shot a guy over dealing weed, had done like 100 hours of uh, a work a week or something like that because he's, you know, they're working to get their time up there so they can really, you know, jack the, um, the, you know, the retirement and the pension on the tax slaves. And, you know, how many 17 hours days did this guy work, you know, previously? Yeah, you know, I mean, we don't know. 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE. Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. You can call in, talk about whatever you want to talk about. We were... Discussing the situation in Indiana, where um, uh, from the independent.co.uk is where we're getting these stories. Oftentimes, you can get great stories from uh, foreign media sources. I think they feel less uh, compunction to hide things. I do that all the time. If I if I want to find U.S. news, I'll go to foreign sources, and and they usually a lot of times they have better reporting. I I really enjoy. Uh so Rick Sanchez and Max Kaiser on RT. I, in fact, invited to Max Kaiser to uh, ForkFest uh, the other day. I sent him a message. I don't know if he'll get to see it, but it'd be pretty cool if he you know, showed up for that. Yeah, well, we'd love to see him. Um, so I think it's... Uh, I think it's worth noting here that uh, the teachers are, you know, to some extent, uh, participating in a willing system, um, but... You know, I think they got a little over their head, and that probably needs to be uh, uh, addressed. If you have any thoughts on it, the number is 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE. And uh, I want to tell you about our Twitch channel. You go to twitch.freetalklive.com. If you can do me a favor, please go to twitch.freetalklive.com and open up the browser. We need to keep a certain number of of people viewing the Twitch channel in order to get this new special status that will allow us to get to the front page of Twitch. So if you can help us with this little bit, we need this little boost. We need this for the next month. So if you can just open up a browser, leave it open on your computer as as long as you can. I have it on mine at my house, twitch.freetalklive.com. That will be helpful to us. All right. This next story is a real killjoy, guys. And I, 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 well, I'll tell you why I'm reading it here in, in a minute. So get through it with me, and then we can comment on the, uh, you know, what, what I think is the, the real issue here. Biloxi from HattiesburgAmerican.com. That's the name of the newspaper, Hattiesburg American. A former Mississippi Gulf Coast police officer told a judge Monday that she had sex with her supervisor, and then fell asleep. Yeah, it's not the worst thing in the world, right? Somebody, you know, choosing yeah. to have sex with their supervisor. Yeah, as long as it's consensual. 
Office romance. Yeah. While her three-year-old daughter was dying inside her overheated patrol car. No, oh, jeez. Okay. Casey Barker pled guilty Monday to, or pleaded, excuse, excuse me, uh, pleaded guilty Monday to manslaughter in a plea bargain after being indicted on a second-degree murder charge. The Sun Herald reports prosecutors recommended the 29-year-old Barker spend 20 years in prison. Harrison County Circuit Judge Larry Bourgeois said he wanted more time to consider the case and would sentence the ex-Long Beach officer on April 1st. Cheyenne Hayer, that's the daughter, died after her mother left her strapped in a car seat for four hours while Barker was uh, with her then uh, supervisor at his home. The car was running with the air conditioner turned on, but wasn't blowing cold air. Oh, the air conditioner failed. Yes, on the police car, I guess. The girl was unresponsive when Barker continued. By the way, I would never leave a car running for four hours with the air conditioner going. I'm just too cheap. Is this because this is some Nimrod that works for the government and cops leave their cars running all the time? Yeah, it's all free money. Uh, yes and no. I used to leave my truck running all the time with That's the a air diesel. on. It, well, it's a diesel, and also it was because I was in the summertime hauling hay or hauling horses. It was hot out, and I needed to like take a nap and pull over. So I would, yeah, leave, leave, or in a, even in, even at night when it's 80, 90 degrees and you're in a truck and you just leave the air on. I've done that several times. But, yeah, I definitely wouldn't leave a kid. And I mean, well, I, if, at least if the air conditioning quits, I'm going to wake up and do something about it. Right. What's a three-year-old going to do in a car seat? Strapped in. Yeah. Strapped in and Nothing. dying. Tortured to death, sadly. Um, I don't know what I could ever do to you that would be worse than what you've already experienced. You will be forever entombed in a prison of your own mind, Bourgeois, the judge, said to Barker, the ex-cop lady, who's the defendant here. Barker had been free on bail, but was arrested Monday after pleading guilty. Barker, who was working two jobs at the time, originally claimed that she had been uh, talking to the, her boss there, Clark Ladner, at his house early on a hot weekday morning when she fell asleep. Lardner and Barker were fired from the uh, by the city of Long Beach within days. Lardner hasn't been criminally charged, telling officers he didn't know the girl was in the car. Reports at the time indicted Lardner, um, indicated, excuse me, that uh, Lardner told officials that he had uh, taken a sleep aid and also had fallen asleep. The mother had left her daughter alone in a car at least once before at a store in nearby Gulfport in uh, April 2015. Uh, police responded and child welfare officials took temporary custody of the girl at the time. Barker was suspended from the Long Beach police for a week without pay. The girl's father uh, said that he was never notified of the first incident. Every time I close my eyes, I picture her suffering and then I picture her laying on his, uh, um, lying in this coffin, uh, said the father on Monday. I still see her smiling and laughing in my head and I would assume that that smile and laughter turned into pain and suffering in that instance. The father is suing the Long Beach Police Department and uh, Mississippi Department of Child Protection Service for the wrongful death of his child, saying that the Child Welfare Agency should have uh, taken stronger action after the first incident. Agreed? Gentlemen? Well, yes and no. My problem is, is, um, you know, everybody wants to pass responsibility onto government. You know, whether it's Child Welfare Agency, you know, I mean, where was a father in all of this and how come, you know... Well, how I does mean, he know? Well, I guess how does yeah. he know? I mean, I, no she, was she him? out screwing around? But, you know, that's kind of what single young ladies, mothers do. Some young people do that. Sure. But I mean, to say, oh, 
CPS wasn't, you know, uh, responsible enough, I mean, to give them more power, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, they do more destruction than good. Well, I, I don't think that CPS ever, ever lacked the power to contact the father. Oh, you're saying oh, C- yeah, oh, CPS not contacting the dad over this, that's an issue, but suing CPS because, you know, they didn't, like, you know, take... CPS should have, to my mind, if CPS is going to take action and take from this woman her custody, then the daughter should have been given to the father in the first place. It should be a chain of custody for the child, right? Right. Okay. Mom can't have custody. Let's call dad. All right. Dad can't take care of, dad's not prepared for this. Let's call maternal or uh, maternal grandmother makes um, grandparents make the most sense because uh, mom had primary custody so maternal then paternal let's go from here now if the conclusion that this guy's trying to draw is that cps did not go after the mother because she was a member of this protected class called the police department to where if it was if it was any other if it was some lady just working at a gas station somewhere and had no political collections you know uh, connections they probably just would have you know stripped her of everything and took the kid and whatever because CPS really wants those kids you know just read Carlos Morales's book uh, I can't remember something about uh, uh, you remember the I name can't of remember the, book? the name of his book either I uh, will however say that um, I that's really what the reason I brought this story in yep it, because because they get uh in in that book he details how they get like federal money like the the local like chapter or the state or the the county agency of child protective services gets like a chunk of change every time they get uh, custody from from the federal government. They get this money every time they like take a kid for custody. It, it is thousands of dollars. I forget what it is. So they get more money in their coffers and they can you know engage in more parasite activities and hire more parasite friends to be part of their you know child protective services and then and take you know, more kids and and then take more kids and then they and then these uh foster homes you know get get you know all kinds of federal money and whatnot uh, also so yes there's a huge incentive for cps whether it's right or wrong to take kids but it sounds like because this because she was a cop was a cop yes they didn't take the kid that's what i think happened here too so i want to finish the story barker herself was hospitalized after the girl's death uh, oh, I'm sorry here. Um, as a parent, you're supposed to protect your child, and Cheyenne was uh, gone because her mother didn't protect her. Not once, but twice, the father said. Um, for Let's see. Uh, Barker herself was hospitalized for trauma, post-traumatic uh, stress here. She was found competent to stay in trial. That's the end of the story. I, when, this, uh, when this judge, I don't disagree with this judge when he says, um, that basically there's nothing that he can do to her to make uh, to make the situation better. I don't know what I could have ever done to you, what I could ever do to you that could be worse than what you've already experienced. You will forever be entombed in a prison of your own mind. The judge said, "I agree with that statement." If that woman has a conscience, there yeah. are some super trashy people that just don't care. Even if she it is became her own a kid. cop. That, that. <laughs> I, I'm not going to make pass that judgment. I think that uh, even police officers are stunned when they hear this uh, this particular story. This is a this is a really bad parent, and people don't like bad moms. Um, the, you know, the, I mean, obviously, not all women can be great moms. You know, <laughs> no, all our students are not above average. Well, yeah, true. And, and there's a lot of trashy people out there that just don't care, even if it is their own offspring. And then there's a lot of people who you know would never allow this to happen that do care very much. I'm sure she thought everything was fine by leaving the air on, but that didn't work out. 855-450-3733. Do you think this... This is Michael Dean from the Freedom Fiends. I've run websites since 1996 and have used over a dozen web hosts in that time. AgoristHosting.com is the only one that hasn't broken my heart. 
Agris Toasting's uptime and service is stellar, and their DDoS mitigation is the best I've seen. That's important because if you tell the truth in this world, you'll ruffle feathers. And some people will try dirty tricks to silence your voice. No matter what the haters hit us with, Agorist Hosting keeps our websites online. If you have a mission-critical commercial presence or a world-changing activism site, you cannot tolerate any skullduggery. So go with agoristhosting.com. Have a WordPress or blog site, but you're not satisfied with performance or uptime? Or just want raw hosting? Want to pay with Bitcoin? Agris Hosting specializes in high-performance hosting with personalized service. Go to agristhosting.com and click on the button that says Get Hosted. That's agristhosting.com. Talk Live kicking off the second hour. It's Mark with you. Jay. And Michael. Talking about a really sad story about a uh, police officer, lady, who was uh, convicted for like, some sort of unintentional homicide situation for leaving her kid in the car and her dying while she was fooling around with her boss. But I I, I want to get back into it here uh, to, to, you know, to get my point across on it. But first, let's go to the phone calls. We've got uh, Peter calling in from D.C. Peter, you're on Free Talk Live. Uh, hey, guys. I just wanted to talk about the state and uh, foreign po- its foreign policy and how it's really cultish. And um, so I actually just uh, – I go to school in, in the Washington, D.C. area, and we had uh, two so-called uh, geniuses talk about foreign policy um, notably in Syria, whether we should be in there or, or not. And for the most part, um, one of the individuals was saying, well, look, we didn't have a declaration of war, so we shouldn't be in there. But, you know, I, I mentioned um, that I was a, <laughs> a libertarian anarchist and an Austrian economist, and they all looked at me as I was some weird person. Um, but nevertheless, uh, when I mentioned that... Uh, that how we caused 9/11, and notably how we, you know, we would intervene in the Middle East. For example, we supplied um, uh, the Taliban with weapons in order to fight off the Soviets um, in, in the mid 90s, and, and, and how we essentially bombed the heck out of Afghanistan during Bush Senior operations as a storm. All I don't consider myself uh, in any way responsible for this. So when you use the terminology "we," it's a little confusing. I mean, I. No one. Yeah, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah I'm sorry. No yeah, one I, ever I have a bad consulted me about that. I, I, I <laughs> presume you mean the U.S. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I have, that's a bad habit I have. I should really get on that. Um, but yeah, yeah, the U.S. I'm, I'm really sorry about yeah, that. Yeah, the United States government um, uh, did all those right. things that you said. Sure. Right. Exactly. You're right. Yeah, you're right. Um, and and uh, I mentioned that, and and these people just looked at me as, you know, I'm I'm I'm, I'm just a moron. And, were they just uh, unaware of this, or were they just in denial, or? I think no. I, I think they were aware because one of them was a, uh, a experienced colonel, and uh, I'm, I'm certain that they 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 recall the actions that that they did. Um, and he was quite quite a, you know an, an older gentleman, so he he, he for sure uh, knows the the operations that took place. Well, they're probably annoyed that you don't right, buy exactly. into the line that they right. are public right. servants and they do your bidding. Right. Um, I mean, right. ultimately. 
I, I mean, I, I don't I don't know. That's that's really what come what it comes down to is is they want you to be on board. And when by the way, when you use the terminology we. <laughs> um, you are showing that you're on board to some extent. You're saying I was forcibly right. yeah. forced to do this uh, this act right. or that yeah, yeah, act, yeah, yeah. Um, but right. y- you weren't. I mean, ultimately they did it, and they didn't ask right. you. Nobody sent around a form or did a poll or any of those things. I'm just supposed to presume that um, all this stuff that's done in my name right. actually right. was done, and right. I, I've stopped. I've stopped falling for that trick. Hey, I right, want to yeah, personally yeah. thank I, I want to personally thank you for uh, standing up and bringing that up to those folks, especially down there in the District of Criminals, where you know that whole economy just thrives off of you know uh, this kind of bad behavior. And that's a brave thing you did because you know you were you know essentially you know the one exposing the truth, you know in a you know, a society of treasonous lies, and you know, uh, you you might you, you a lot of people probably really thought awful of you because you even said that because they, in in their own minds, a lot of these statists think it's okay to go bomb the crap out of other countries, you know, because they don't want to you know take the U.S. dollars that are being created out of thin air or whatever. Yeah, one time uh, it's been quite a few years at this point, probably three or four years. My wife's best friend's husband is a full bird colonel in the intelligence arm of, uh, like, I think the DIA or something like that. I don't know exactly what, right? Like, I could die for saying where where he actually has a job, but I don't know. Um, and we stayed the night at their uh, house. My wife warned her friend ahead of time. Uh, I guess her her husband's friend, uh, her friend's husband ahead of time. Uh, my husband's pretty anti-war. And the conversation can go off the rails if uh, if the wrong things are said, like, you know, essentially. And he's like, is he a student of history? That was his response. Hmm. And she said, yeah, actually, he loves history. And that was the only thing he said, right? Like, basically, this guy understood why I would come to the conclusions that I have come to surrounding the United States being involved in foreign conflicts and that sort of thing, simply because... I read some history, which I guess the people that don't um, like is the opposites of that is people that don't uh, study history at all are just on board with this stuff. I don't really know. I guess the, yeah, they're just counting on people being yeah. ignorant. And they're doomed to repeat history. Those who don't study history are doomed to repeat it. And which is history, best I can tell, just keeps happening again. It just keeps on repeating itself over and over again. I mean, all these wars are literally about you know, making sure that the U.S. dollars, you know, shoved down the throats of everyone around the world. So how'd it go, Peter? Did they uh, just stop calling on you or um, ask you to leave or what? <laughs> no, uh, actually, the what's actually kind of even more funnier was that the room was filled with uh, some current and former um, guys in the Army, but now they serve as, uh, I guess, staffers for, for neocon congressmen. Sure. Um, and and I, just, I just heard, like, a lot of, like, you know, gas and and oh my goodness, I can't believe he said that. You weren't supposed um, to but, say that. Uh, oh yeah, you're not supposed to right, say that. Right. Are, are you telling right, me that U.S. foreign policy might have ramifications that are deadly for American <laughs> citizens? Blowback. Right. right. I mean, that's a, it's an outrageous. It's a statement so clear and so obvious on its face that that you you can't say it because truth is a crime in the empire of lies right it's treason in the empire of lies that's what it ultimately comes down to and these lockstep myrmidons are like oh i can't believe he said that well it's it's obvious you're either 
the worst bigot in the world or you understand that people will fight revolutions against uh, foreign powers that intend to occupy their, their nation. That's what happened here. Yes, those people in those foreign countries, they want freedom to decide what goes on in their own government. They want to be able to institute tyranny over their own citizens. That's what they're looking for. That's what they've been told their whole lives that real people get to do. So when your government goes over there and it pretends that those people are, should not be able to make decisions for their own, uh, even if they make bad decisions, the freedom to make a decision is the freedom to make a bad decision. And speaking of blowback uh, at the debate there, when Ron Paul mentioned that the, you know, the the nine eleven was a result of CIA blowback, that's if Google search Ron Paul blowback uh, debate and Ru- Rudy Giuliani just like flipped Came out uh, about it, and you know, but Ru- Rudy Giuliani's a scumbag, so I expect him to do that anyways. Sure, and he's not a student of history. Well, I mean, look, these politicians may or may not know what reality is. It's not their job to talk about reality. It's yeah. their job to tell you lies. Rudy Giuliani is essentially just a puppet for the war machine, and Ron Paul was the only one up there, you know, speaking any truth, and right. as always. Thanks for the call, Peter. Appreciate it. Thanks. 855-450-3733. Let's go to Alex calling in Texas. Alex, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi there, scum. It's Alex Jones, Infowars.com. Mark, you got the cojones to talk to me for a second, boy? <laughs> I gotcha. I gotcha, AJ. Oh, here we go. It's Mark Edge. Ain't it the edgiest edge? Mark there, Infowars.com. And how you doing there, Michael? Oh, Alex, good to hear from you again. Oh, it sure is, boy. And you were there with that transgender mutant earlier, just trying to molest our children and destroy the human family. I'm not going to take it. That's, listen, that's what it's I all about. That sure is there, boy. You shut your mouth unless I'm addressing you. Now listen here, you <laughs> little scumbags, you little fake libertarians. I'm a real libertarian, calling for Trump to institute martial law, calling for Democrat scum to be arrested and destroyed. That's libertarian. Now your little garbage radio liberty, oh, I'm an individualist network. You understand that right there, boy? So you're a Bill Weld libertarian? Is that what you're telling us? Because <laughs> libertarian's a vague term now. I don't who you're talking about. I'm sorry, I don't know who Billy Mays or who you're talking about is, but I just want to tell you one thing right now. I recently fired Owen Benjamin for making jokes about uh, Zionism and the Jays and all this other stuff. And I'm going to tell you right now, boy, I'm for freedom of speech. I'm for liberty. I'm for America, just like Trump. But if you dare... Talk live. You're free to call in, talk about whatever's on your mind. The numbers 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. And, uh, well, let's go. Um, first, before we go to the phones, I, I, I want to go to the phones, but I, uh, I really should do this instead. Uh, I can tell you about my pillow. Now, my pillow, not my specific pillow, that's the brand my pillow. In my opinion, Best pillow I've ever slept on. Now, obviously, I have not exhaustively gone through every pillow that there is in America, but I've used quite a few of them. Two things. First and most important, hold your head and neck in the right position. 
it doesn't go, uh, you know, throughout the night, go f- sort of flatter and flatter and your head ends up, you know, cranked over to the side. If you've got headaches on a regular basis, neck pain on a regular basis, it could very well be your pillow. It is worth getting a good pillow in order to prevent this from happening. My pillow does that. Now, there are lots of pillows that can hold your head and the neck in the right position. You've just got to graduate from stop using a down pillow. For God's sakes, people, this is to the, you know, the, beyond the year 2000, right? We're in the new millennium here. Get rid of that old technology. It's a bad idea. Um, the other thing that it does is, well, you can wash a MyPillow. Just think about all the disgusting things that are living in your sheets after a week. Well, your pillow never gets washed. What's going on in there? There's no risk. With a 60-day money-back guarantee, you've got nothing to lose. Go to MyPillow.com and get two MyPillow premium pillows for one low price. And you get free shipping on all orders when you use the coupon code FTL. Remember, if you don't like your MyPillow, you have 60 days to return it for a refund of your purchase price. That's MyPillow.com, promo code FTL. MyPillow.com, promo code FTL. Sarah, New Mexico, what's on your mind? I just want to mention that, you know, here in Albuquerque, we have many uh, diverse, uh, you know, religious temples, as I mentioned. And we have even. Is this a Chamber of Commerce thing? They built an Islamic temple Uh about like five years ago. Okay. And we even have a a Baha'i faith here. Yeah, I've I've heard of this Baha'i stuff, right? Do you know anything about it? Well, you know what? I'm, I'm, I actually went to uh, some other meetings, but uh, I'm, I'm still. Are they like a Islamic-based religion coming out of the Middle East? I'm. Well, they're I'm quite, they're coming uh, out of the Middle East. I don't think they're Islamic. Oh well, you know what? I got I got to um, the one of the like I got to uh, go to um, one of the million-dollar homes in the northeast by the mountains. They invited me, and I had some tea, and then for the lecture. But uh, the being in the house was... Was uh, that the Baha'i lecture? Well, yeah, Baha'i yeah, meeting at home. what they tell you? So, but I, I, don't, I don't really remember anything really distinctive, but all okay. I knew that they were Middle Eastern, like Arabic descent. Okay. But I, I didn't know if they were anything different. I'm trying to figure out if it's like Islamic-based. Well, I, I don't know, know that, that much about that, it. I do know that you go to the library regularly. Why don't you uh, check out the Baha'i there, and and you'll probably find out more than I could tell you. All I've done is ever seen is a Baha'i temple and met a few met one guy whose parents were Baha'i. That's all I know. You're you're beyond me. Well, I've only heard that, of it. Well, you know, I'm I'm just proud that Albuquerque has been so accepting that we have a Hindu temple, we have two Buddhist temples, we have Unitarians that welcome all faiths. Well, it's a law. We don't have, they have uh, to accept it? Right, I don't know what they're being accepting about. I mean, because you can go to any major city and find all this stuff, I'm right. sure. I'm, I'm sure that that's true in all the major cities. I mean, unless you're trying to do some kind of Chamber of Commerce thing where you're trying to get people to move to Albuquerque. Is that your plan? No, I'm, not, I'm, just, no, I'm just saying it's not... I, that. I, no, but I, I, what I'm saying is that no, I mean, no, I'm not here to get people to move here. Okay. No, but but I live here. Well, it's a, it's a national show. Like That's it. what I was just kind of wondering is either, um, you know, well, you can tell me about Baha'i because that is relevant to everybody who might be listening, or um, I suppose you could try to get people to move to Albuquerque 
and um, and be Bubba High, right? And 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 then participate in the very uh, sort of great diverse uh, diverse religious culture that you've got there, but. I, like otherwise, I just don't understand. Are you trying to get people who might be listening in Albuquerque to check out other religious uh, uh, places? Well, you know what? Maybe, maybe I'm trying to include like uh, open mindedness, like with the unity. That maybe that's what I'm trying to expand okay. instead of being taught like Catholic Catholicism is the only way. Um, like you know, they don't talk to me because I I, I accept all faith and um, things like that because the the Christian Church tells them to. I'm just explaining that we have Jehovah Witness temples here. We got the Mormon temples here. We got the Jewish temples here. Um, um, and uh, you know, look at how much diverse that we got a Hindu temple now. What you I know, think is interesting about this, uh, Sarah, is is that there was a time in the not so distant past when people would say that those of different religions simply cannot live in proximity to each other. And now that happens all across America and all across uh, Europe. I mean, I I don't know where it happens else in the world, but it certainly happens lots of places in the world. People of different religions live in peace and harmony. It's not what they call social anarchy. That was the terminology that was was thrown out, that if you try to get people of different religions to live next to each other, you'd have social anarchy. Well, Uh, actually, yeah, social anarchy is exactly what's going on because anarchy means no rulers. Fine. uh, So they're not trying to rule one another in New York City or wherever. You know, you got... You or know, Albuquerque. Yeah, you, you get you know Jewish folks getting in uh, to um, cabs, you know, driven by Muslim or Islamic guys, and they have a great conversation about the weather, fine. and the guy pays his bill, and you know everybody's happy. Yeah, I think that uh, the diversity is sounds great. like Thank anarchy the, to me. Thank you for the call, Sarah. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. Get getting back into this story here from the Hattiesburg American, where a uh, police officer. Uh, is fooling around with her boss and leaves her kid in the patrol car. I guess the AC in the patrol car fails. The kid dies. It's really sad. Three-year-old strapped in. Awful stuff. The judge says, I don't know what I could ever do to you that, that could be worse than what you've already experienced. You'll forever be an entombed in a prison of your own mind. I agree with the judge that the woman, in this case the police officer, the woman is a woman, um, is probably punished all she needs to be punished for this circumstance um i mean maybe the worst thing that uh, should be done to her is that uh, the judge should uh, force her to have a tubal ligation you are now unqualified to have a child mm. believe me as a uh, person who spent a little time in the pokey myself i would rather have had a tubal uh, in my case uh, a vasectomy a vasectomy than spend any time in prison um yeah. but you know, like I can say this woman sounds unqualified today to be a parent. That doesn't mean that in, in the future she won't be qualified to be a parent. But I, the, I'm just saying that I don't think there's any particular point, any value that the people of uh, Mississippi receive by incarcerating this woman for up to 20 years. That's what the prosecution's asking for. But what would happen if it was you and me? Well, I'm sure there's examples of, you know, regular folks Yo, who are on this. And I don't know any of them that just get off with a uh, the hand slap or anything like that. Oh, no. I mean, the judges aren't commiserating with them about their loss. 855-450-3733. What would happen if it was you or me? Free Talk Live. Did you know you can legally exit the U.S. federal income tax system? Well, it's true. And thousands of American nationals are doing it. 
The 16th Amendment and the Internal Revenue Code are legal, but only in a limited jurisdiction. This is the basis behind the voluntary nature of the income tax. Learn the exit strategy provided by Congress. Find out more by visiting WeissParis.com and watch our numerous videos. That's W-E-I-S-S-Paris.com. It's Free Talk Live. You are free to call in and talk live about whatever is on your mind. The number is 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE. It's Mark with you. Jay. And Michael. Let's go to the phones, guys. Well, before we do that, I want to tell you about Bitcoin.com. i got to do my job here. <laughs> Bitcoin.com is your premier source for everything Bitcoin related. I'm at Bitcoin.com probably every single day or darn close to it. Uh, they can help you choose a Bitcoin wallet. Now, I'm by no means a neophyte in the area of cryptocurrency, but if you are, this is the place to go because it's a deep and robust website. Bitcoin.com allows you to get a get a wallet, uh, buy Bitcoin, shows you where you can spend Bitcoin, places like saveatpurse.com. You can also read the latest news or engage with the community in the Bitcoin forum. Learn more at Bitcoin.com. It's Bitcoin.com. They even got games there you can play with your um your your Bitcoin. So there you go. Uh, let's go to the phones. We've got uh, the Christian Anarchist calling in on the Discord lines. Hey, guys, I'm going to talk about uh, the high cost of medicine. All right. I'm going to try going to try and give some explanation as to why that is. Because, you work at a medical uh, office. We have we own a medical office. And uh, so I we started this business 14 years ago and I was the it was just me and my wife. And now we have like 21 employees. But um, here's why medicine is so expensive. The when you have the insurance companies involved and the government involved, they find the way to make everything the most expensive way of doing things. Yeah, the most complicated and, way of doing things. Right. And they now, add all kinds I was, of paperwork. Yeah, the paperwork is horrendous. And when I was young and I used to go to the doctor, my my mother would, uh, if she had insurance, which a few of the times she did have insurance, but the way the insurance worked back then was the doc we would pay the doctor ten dollars twenty dollars whatever it was for the for the for the services and then we had to go home fill out the insurance form with the receipt and mail it in and then they would reimburse us that's true now that that's true that was a reasonable way to do insurance in other words the doctor didn't have to mess with it they had no con- it wasn't any concern of theirs at all but what you have now is the insurance companies basically, um, because of what they will pay and what they won't pay, that really forms what the treatment is. Now, here's what will happen. Uh, some new procedure will show up. Like right now, they're doing a lot on varicose veins. We don't do it in our office. But uh, just for instance, varicose veins is a big thing. So the doctors will get this procedure down that helps varicose veins. The Medicare and other insurance companies will agree to pay whatever, say $650 for this procedure that takes them uh, maybe uh, 45 minutes. So the, so that's set. Now they've got the, the price set. 
But what happens is because uh, medicine is just like anything else, when people do it, they find better and faster ways of doing things. Sure. And they, you know, they improve, they get better. So what happens is they get better and they wind up doing the procedure in 15 minutes. And then the government pays the high price for four years or whatever. And then they get, they get wise to the deal. And then they say, wait a minute, that's costing, you know, you guys are getting way too much money and you made, they bring it uh, down. Two million, it down. You made $2 million last year. So then they start regulating and putting additional uh, burdens on the doctors. And basically they make it so that uh, they stifle the industry. But really, if the insurance wasn't there at all, and there was no payments made by the government and no control by the government, you would wind up with the best care you could get for the least amount of money. Now, and it would be a tiered system. So right now, whoever goes to the doctor expects the best care possible. I mean, that matters. If you don't have any money, when you go to the doctor, you expect the Cadillac service. And that's just, it's anti-market you should be able to pay for a lower level of service, like take hospitalization. If When I was young, I was in a ward of probably eight kids when I had my tonsils out. You can't find a ward anymore. They don't have wards in this country because they've taken, that, <laughs> they've taken that option away. Now, you should be able to say, you know what? I want a cheaper hospital stay. I want to stay in a ward. But you can't do that because it's not even offered anymore. It's not offered because the insurance companies have have uh, formed what medicine is supposed to look like. Yeah. They don't let the market behave, and therefore the cost goes through the roof, and you wind up with maybe not as good a care. Now, I think the medical care is pretty darn good in this country, but then I'm involved in it, so maybe I have a little bit of prejudice Yeah, I think there. the medical care is good. Uh, it's just extremely costly. and um, you It know, is way too costly, and we right. could... We could bring our costs way down if we just went cash only. If we just tomorrow morning, we just opened up the door and said, you know what? We're not taking any right. more insurance. We're just going to go straight cash. It's going to the problem is, is that you lose a lot of customers in the process. And the, so, I mean, what that demonstrates, as, as you're trying to show here, is that there are a lot of people that rely on somebody else to pay their medical costs. And that never goes well. The person that's using their money to pay for something that goes that's for them always looks for the best deal, and that's what uh, you know the market looks for. Uh, if you've got a person that's using somebody else's money, eh, they're they're probably gonna they're probably gonna provide themselves a little better service than they would otherwise. Hey Jay, here's some money. Go out and buy yourself a, a nice dinner tonight, right? You're, you're gonna be you're gonna get the dessert. You're gonna get the the appetizer. You're gonna do something like that, whereas you might not have done that otherwise. Um, My chiropractor. Uh, did this exact did did something what she stopped taking insurance because she literally got to the point to where between her and her husband were spending more time dealing with paperwork right and that they were considering hiring someone and to find to hire someone competent was literally going to cost like fifty sixty thousand dollars a year right and then to hire a firm to do it to to to, to like outsource more. this was insane money she's like you know what only doing cash yep. well or, or it's, debit it's card. like and it's she's like okay. cbd she's oil doing okay it takes cbd oil for instance right now you can get cbd oil and it's it's not terribly expensive it's still kind of kind of expensive because it's brand new but if you would let the market 
uh, function, CBD oil will go down, but the market is not going to function. What's going to happen is the government is seeing how effective CBD oil is. So they're going to come in with the FDA and start regulating it. You wait and see. You'll, I'm, I'm predicting that but, in a few years' time, the government is going to make CBD oil a regulated commodity, a regulated medicine. The price is going to go sky high. They're going to re- make it so that uh, only certain drugstores can have it. It's the, it's the it's the process of paying off the politicians so that you can lock up the market. And this is what we're probably going to see with something like CBD oil. And they do it with all of these other drugs, you know. Well, here's the thing with CBD oil. Uh, I have uh, friends, in, when I was in Colorado, I have uh, friends that actually uh, grew hemp, an acre of hemp for some guys to make CBD oil. It's a specific strain for um, epilepsy. So at least what's cool about CBD oil is we can grow hemp in our backyards. You know, men with guns might give, give you a hard time about it. And we can make it ourselves. And this is, you know, going to be a really hard market, I think, for the government to capture because the black market for CBD oil, THC products has already existed. That would be the you gray know, market. A, a, yeah. a lot, well, now it'll be a gray market because it's not, you know, totally illegal. But like in Colorado, when they legalized cannabis, it was like, you know, 30 to 40 percent or 50 percent or more or even 100 percent more to go buy it at the store than it was to buy it from, you know, the guy you've been buying it from for years. Right. Uh, anyways, and and at least with, um, you know, thank God hemp grows so well just about anywhere. It's called a weed for a reason. Gene, thanks for the call. Appreciate yeah. it. 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE here on Free Talk Live. 100% is all you have to do to figure out what happened to the medical uh, system in the United States is search on Google the impossible healthcare solution. The impossible healthcare solution. And you'll just see how the government, uh, the prices have gone up with government intrusion directly. They track directly. But people say the solution is more government. Free Talk Live. Talk Live. You can call in, talk about whatever's on your mind. It's Mark with you. Jay. And Michael. 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE. Let's go to the phones here in just a second, guys. But first, I want to tell you about ForkFest. ForkFest is a camping event up here in New Hampshire. It's from June the 13th to June the 18th. And it's at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. It's a place called Lancaster. Forkfest is a fork of other camping uh, parties in the woods, and you're invited to come and create whatever experiences you'd like to have for other people to have. Or just come and camp. Forkfest is decentralized. No one's in charge. It's just up to you to create what happens. Or you can simply relax and go camping with other other liberty-minded folks. You want to serve food? Charge money? By all means. For more information to connect with uh, other Fork Festers via the unofficial Telegram chat or ForkFest.com, go to, excuse me, ForkFest Forum, visit ForkFest.Party. It's ForkFest.Party. Jay, you're going to have Man Camp there, right? Yeah, I'm creating a Man Camp where I'm going to be doing some blacksmithing, some welding. You want to learn how to use an oxygen acetylene torch. You want to MIG weld. You want to make some uh, functional iron art like... uh, you know, hanging basket holders and towel racks and maybe horseshoe coat racks. Uh, we're going to have uh, all kinds of things. You go to uh, ForkFest.Party, 
uh, in the forum there. I've started a, a thread where uh, it's listing all these things. I'm starting to put a schedule together. And I really love, uh, on like I'm on the Teleforkfest Telegram chat, I love how it is uh, coming together so well. I mean, people are just like taking on, you know, just out of the blue, just taking on responsibilities. Like they're making maps of the campground, overlaying them with where certain vendors are being set up and, and what's going on. I mean, this is... Uh, Coming together, it's a bunch of doers nice. there. There's no oh, doubt, yeah. right? Yeah, uh, yeah, very much doers, and and you know it is doers. Only doers are going to participate when um, you know it is up to you to do it, and not up to somebody else to do it. Or other festivals, it's like, oh, everybody takes care of this, and you pay for it to go in. So you know you can, you know you can be you know some hipster with some money and just show up and do it. Like uh, Fork Fest, you actually have to do something to uh, make something happen. Just the best camping event. Yes, Fork Fest uh, party. Let's go to Matthew calling in from Louisiana. Matthew, you're on Free Talk Live. Good evening, gentlemen. So have y'all had a chance to see Senator Mike Lee's epic takedown of the Green New Deal? Yes, I have I have seen this. We did talk about this on on the Call to Freedom, which is the show right before this on LRN.fm. So uh, that's in the archives there. Political comedy gold. Oh, yes. He is now a general in the meme war. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. So give me some idea what happened here. Oh, he he does some relations to cartoon characters. I don't really want to be a spoiler, but something about, you know. Well, you got to get people to listen, though. You know, it's it's got to be just just a little bit more than it's great. (laughs) Tease us enough so we go Google it. Right. So basically we have to, uh, I'd say more YouTube it, but basically more along the lines of we have to corner the market on the giant seahorse. Uh, because seahorse. otherwise the China, Chinese are going to beat us to it. <laughs> I don't know. what it, I don't get any of this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Michael, can you uh, tell me what happened here? I will. I will try to. Uh, so. What's the senator's name? I Mike Lee. Mike Lee. Michael, Mike Lee from Utah. Yeah, from Utah. Just go uh, ahead and spoil. I mean, for goodness sake. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. Uh, go ahead. So basically, uh, because you can't use air transportation up in Alaska, where they use a lot of airplanes to get around yeah. during the wintertime, you're going to have to instead use tauntauns. Tauntauns. Oh, that's might, right. You're right. Right. Which it's is the... a little difficult to get, but they're useful as warm what as Shelter, just in case, you know. From the Ice Planet Hoth. About that. Yeah. yeah. Right. From the Planet Hoth, obviously. So there's a few things we have to overcome, like faster than light travel, time travel. He doesn't mention any of that. But then there is, in order to get to Hawaii, we'll just have to uh, see if we can get Aquaman to help us out with the seahorses. Yeah, we get trained <laughs> seahorses from Atlantis. I, I I think Vermin right, Supreme's right. going to take advantage of this with his uh, you know free ponies party, you know he. Oh my god! Know, I mean Absolutely. AOC essentially you know is you know um, you know trolling Vermin Supreme here as far as I'm concerned if she's <laughs> been paying attention with the Green New Deal. Oh yeah, I can see it now. This is like uh, instead of free po- pony nomics. You know, it's worth pointing out, for those that might think that somehow the world was better when we all rode rode horses, uh, I mean, there are plenty of stories from the mid to late 1800s where New York 
London, the largest cities in the world at the time. New Orleans. Were, 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 I mean, the, the, the people were up to their knees in horse poo. I, I mean, it, they, they didn't know what to do. They didn't know what to do. It's, it's like the great S catastrophe. Uh, uh, they, they had no way to handle all this. No, you do not want a world where we're running around on horses. It may seem somehow better or whatever. I know they do it in the science fiction. No, it doesn't work. It's I, a bad idea. I've cleaned many stalls and many pastures. And I've done a lot of driving of horses and studied a lot of the history. And one of the uh, biggest downfalls of the city before the automobile was the fact that the horse manure was all over the place. And then what would happen is it would it would rain, so it turns into like a mush, like yeah. it almost turns into like pl- you know wet plaster. And then it sun comes out and it dries and it hardens. And then the bugs, you know, eggs start. I mean, the bugs that you have from horse manure and oh. as you know, um, pig manure. Is um is just extreme and yep. you know it's it's a perfect um, perfect you know, little spot for them, yeah for 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 the bugs and then the carrying of diseases and all the stuff yes these um cars that are burning this so called fossil fuel which I hate that term for oil uh you know are much much cleaner than horses may and not be a fossil. It's definitely not a fossil fuel. Right. Well, uh, hydrocarbon probably is a better term. Um, and and Ocasio-Cortez was recently caught, I can't remember where it was, but in this coming out of this giant SUV that she was being driven around in, um, you know, after telling everybody that they need to cut down on travel, more or less, in order to preserve the environment. It's, Guys, can I interrupt for a second? Yeah, go ahead. There's... A reason why pointing out hypocrisy with these people doesn't work, and it was a friend of mine from way back in the day explained it to me because he, he comes from a uh, you know the old days of the Black Panthers where you know they all believed in the the Marxist ideal. They will cut their quote unquote leader men a tremendous amount of slack about what they're entitled to. I, uh, they must be. They must be willing to, uh, you know, in their own minds, uh, be a hypocritic. Uh, I, I mean, to me, I'd say we all be better off if the if the politicians weren't allowed to use anything with a combustion engine. Let's start there. <laughs> well, you know, you'll end up with Ronald Reagan on a velociraptor. Fine. If if they can put a politician on a velociraptor, get him and get him into, uh, you know, to please bring all the deadly lizards you want to bring into the Capitol building. Please, I'm begging you. Yeah, <laughs> thanks for the call, Matthew. Parasites there. We need yeah. to clean up these parasites. Yeah, I, I mean, if these people, if these people would simply, this is what I was trying to point out with this previous uh, thing about the police officer uh, probably going to be let off, uh, slapped on the wrist for the, the the killing of their child by accident, uh, the manslaughter of their child, um, is that these there is no rule of law. I know. I look, I'm a Republican people. I know you guys love the rule of law. And I'm with you. If we could have a society where everybody had to follow the same rules, that'd be awesome. But put away the unicorns and the velociraptors, the seahorses and the tauntauns for a minute. Stop playing with your little imaginary toys. It's never going to happen. The cops don't have to follow their own rules. The politicians Darn sure don't have to. 
Come on. In a world where you can't get a cop to pull a cop over for running through a stop sign, you think that that politicians are going to make it so that they and captains of industry have to follow the same rules you do? <laughs> Stop acting like a serf. Well, this Stop is, it. This is why people become politicians, because they lust for this power over others. I, I constantly say government is nothing but a platform for psychopaths uh, who want to rule people. Yeah, that's it. And, and once you get into that power, even if you got in for the very best reasons, I presume Ocasio-Cortez and Sanders and lots of these people got in for the very best reasons. Power corrupts. I've seen this in my little Bondsville, Massachusetts fire department that had 21 members. And when a guy became a lieutenant, he just started bossing everybody around. And the only reason he became a lieutenant because nobody wanted to be a lieutenant. Sure. And he just and thought he was on a power trip. <laughs> oh, yeah. You watch that truck. You do this. He just just instantly, like, drop of a hat. Yeah, well, it wasn't like that at my my department. Um, all the officers had to wash the truck. I mean, they they, they had they were assigned a truck. They had to wash it. But uh, not everyone's the same. But yeah, I'm I'm sure that's true. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three eight fifty five four fifty free free talk live. Go to themorganreport.com and receive updates and insights you will not find anywhere else on the web. You will discover how to grow and protect your wealth under all market conditions. The Free Morgan Report provides interviews, webinars, question and answer sessions, plus mind-blowing videos. As David Morgan says, let my passion create your wealth. TheMorganReport.com. TheMorganReport.com. Free Talk Live. This is the third hour of Free Talk Live. You are free to call in and talk live here on the radio. It's Mark with you. Jay. And Michael. Let's go to the phones, guys. That's what we do here on Free Talk Live. Go to David in New Mexico. David, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, yeah, let me begin a reply to a conversation about me on last night's show after I was cut out of the conversation. So and, none um, of the people are uh, who had the conversation are on the show, right? It, 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 that, that doesn't, yeah, it doesn't matter. I'm talking about things okay. that I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about the content. Okay. So I don't need those people. They can listen if they want to, but I'm not talking about them. So they're not being cut out of anything. I'm going to talk about the content of what they said after they cut me out of the conversation so that I couldn't respond. You sound so, angry. And, so I'm giving, I'm, am I, do I sound angry? Yeah, a little bit. Just a bit. Perfect. Thank, thank you for the segue, because that's exactly what the theme of this discussion was going to be about, was it was going to be about anger. That's the main point. Um, you know, for instance, uh, I was just about to go here, but let me go there now. Um, since this is a very Jew-centric program and media um free talk did, live did is you say again free talk live is juice yeah, yeah 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 actually it is you okay. want to, you want to state the it. evidence let, let, to uh, support that claim all right perfect segue again because i got the evidence typed out on the screen in front of me uh, which i was going to uh share with you unsolicited but since you had the foresight to solicit it let me share it with you now yesterday's program 
On yesterday's program, actually, immediately on this on today's program, just a few minutes ago, you mentioned uh, uh, AOC and Sanders. Those are the two p- people you mentioned, Mark. Yep, they're they're both they're both Jewish. I thought Alexander okay. Cortez was like Puerto Rican or something. Um, well, most Jews are not a hundred percent genetically Jewish. Most Jews. Okay, we got to define Jewish now. Now you got to have confused. Why, why don't I've I've already done my research. Why don't you do your own research on yourself? I'll make the assertion again. AOC is as Jewish as she is anything else. Now let me move on to what I wanted to say. So on yesterday's program on your on your show here, let me look at the list here. Um, you mentioned in yesterday's program uh, Robert Kraft, Jesse Smollett, Bernie Sanders, AOC, the college admission scandal, which is Rick Singer, uh, Raya so- Zobel. Singer, yeah, Pardon? singer, singer, right. Yeah, Rick Singer, Raya Zobel, Eric Rosen, Kaplan, and uh, that was all in one program. Are all these people Jewish? I didn't... Yeah. Okay. So what and, what, and what do you draw? That... What conclusion do you draw from that? Well, that that uh, there is a, an inordinate involvement in higher aspects of the functioning of our society in inordinate representation of Jewish folks. And okay. that's not the point of my call. That's a, that's a side note. All right. Okay. That's a side, that's a side note, but I'm answering your question. All right. We're, okay. we're three minutes answer? in. Can we get to the point of the call then? Everything that I say is a point. Okay. We're not going to conclude this is, this is a thesis, not a simple statement of one paragraph. So we're not going to get through it all anyway. We never have, uh, I've never gotten through everything that I wanted to say on your program. I don't expect you to get through through it all. I'm not that simplistic. Okay. And feel free to make fun of me and mock me since that's what people do anyway. Well, it doesn't bother. Move up to New Hampshire, become a host. I don't know what to tell you. I can only, um, you know, I why, can only give you so much you time. Want, why would you want me as a host? I don't know. You claim to be Jewish at one point, and we love that here on Free Talk Live. It gets our checks from Soros flowing. <laughs> All right. Actually, actually, I didn't claim to be Jewish. I said that my father was uh, a Jewish refugee out as a child out of Nazi Germany. That's what I said. All right. Sounds like you're claiming okay. to be Jewish there, but all right. Well, you don't understand how the the, the Jews are all uh, uh, psychically Ma- educating you right now. You're only a Jew if, you're if, you, if your mother was a Jew, right? Or if you uh, claim the Jewish religion, if you convert to the Jewish religion, or you're born into it and you accept it. All right. Okay? Well, if you're, if you're as a goy, I'm going to call you half Jewish. Uh, well, I'm not. <laughs> okay. I, I'm not half Jewish. My fa- my father was Jewish because his mother. Was Jewish. All right. That's that's what the that's what the fact is, I and thought, that makes me not. I thought if pardon? you, I thought if you did rejected Jesus as your Lord and Savior, or didn't believe that Jesus was a Messiah by default, you were a Jew. I mean, I people, I got called a Jew three times in the past week, so I guess I'm at least some percentage Jewish. Yeah. Well, use whatever definition you want. What, what that you want? I'll I'll use. Everybody the wants to be Jewish that, until it's time to do Jewish things. <laughs> what, what 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 is the Jewish thing? I don't know. Go to temple, I guess. Thanks for the call, Dave. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. It's eight fifty five four fifty free. 
I'm sure there's something more to it, but, uh, you know, whatever. We'll let him uh, continue his thesis on on later. I want to go on to this uh, uh, this situation in Florida from TampaBay.com. House committee passes amendment for bill along party lines. So for those that don't know, in last year, the Florida passed a referendum in order to do any kind of referendum in Florida, you've got to go run it through the – it's got to be a constitutional amendment. It has to pass by two-thirds. Two-thirds of voters in Florida believe believed that what they wanted to do was make it so that ex-cons can vote. Florida is one of the few states in the union where ex-cons can still not vote. Now, I'm not talking about somebody who's on probation or anything like that. I'm talking about people who've completed all – commitments every they're they're off paper they're done right if you get uh convicted of kiting a check in florida you could not vote until this unless the governor allowed you to or this bill got passed and one of the claims is is that uh george bush uh made it to president because the his brother was running the state in Florida, and he appointed some lady who was you know a political operative. I can't remember her name off the top of my head. I'm sure there's Democrats screaming at their radios right now. Uh, her name, um, more or less, that she made it so the convicts couldn't vote. I could not vote in Florida. They they caught me two times on the rolls back in the day uh, attempting to vote in Florida because I don't know. I I want to vote. I mean, I, I wanted to vote. I'm that kind of guy. I give blood. I want to vote. I'm community minded. I, I uh, volunteer at my fire department. What do you want from me? I want to be involved. So, um, But they wouldn't let you. They would not let me. Now that the voters in the state of Florida, by a super majority, have changed the Constitution so that co- ex-cons can vote, the legislators in Florida are attempting to make it as difficult as possible. Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, yeah. You get quite a, um, you know, a, uh, an un... Um, uh, and, Legislators you know, do not like doing the will of the people. Well, and, and when you're in jail, you know, you get a, a jailhouse uh, law degree, you know, and you start to learn a lot of things about how, you know, corrupt the system is, especially if you're in, you know, in, in a prison where there's someone that doesn't think they belong there because they didn't hurt anybody or whatever. And you know, I know anytime I've ever sat in a jail cell, I've just made it a point to educate everybody that was around me that would listen. Well, people who, uh, you know, look at who votes are uh, they look at demographics, right? Demographics are a pretty good indicator of how you're going to vote. And they don't like the demographics of ex-cons in Florida. So um, specifically, now these are going to largely be low-information voters, and they're probably not going to turn out on re- for regular elections. But when it comes time for that uh, presidential election every four years, they're probably going to turn out. And, they, and Florida will go from a re- pretty, pretty consistent red state, although it's a bit on the borderline, to a pretty consistent blue state if this passes. I understand that that's true. I'm a libertarian, though, and I'm a person who operates by reason. I'm not looking at the outcomes here. As a Republican, I get what the Republicans are looking at, but they're looking at outcomes, and the ends do not justify the means. If you're going to tax these people, they should be able to vote. Solution? Stop taxing them. Yes. (laughs) I'm happy not to vote. If I don't have to participate yeah, if I didn't in taxation. have to pay taxes, I would not vote, yeah. 855-450-3733. 855-450-FREE.
Talk Live. You can call in anytime you want. The number is 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE. It's Mark with you. Jay. And Michael. Let's go to the phones here, guys. Uh, Before I do, I want to tell you about AnyPay. AnyPay is a point-of-sale software for accepting cryptocurrency in your business. So um, they, they make it really, really easy for you. If they make it so easy, you just go to helpmetakebitcoin.com. Helpmetakebitcoin.com, and you're accepting crypto at your business. It's that really, really that easy. There's no excuses at this point. Um, you know, it's it, it's it's very very easy. You you can it can operate with your point of sale software. You can uh, you know do a sale and then it goes through uh, any pay. Helpmetakebitcoin.com. You're set up. You're ready to go. You don't have to be tracked. Nobody has to know who your sales coming from or anything like that. Help me take Bitcoin.com. Let's go to the uh, Discord lines. Hi, T Libertarian. You're on Free Talk Live. Yo, yo, yo. It's Mortified Penguin. Um, can you hear me all right? Yeah, we hear you great. What's on your mind? Okay. Yeah, last last night I was uh, – the wrong thing was unmuted. But yeah, um. Uh, I just wanted to continue to talk about the healthcare system. Um, I actually listened to a pretty long piece on NPR um, about somebody who wrote a book about the healthcare system and the horror stories that they told about the healthcare system in the U.S. It was it was just amazing. Like uh, one person, I, th- I believe, was in the San Francisco Bay Area. I'll, I'll try to let me guess on NPR. It was all about why we need a single pair. No, I mean they they have pretty balanced perspectives but it's basically telling saying about the issues i mean it's it's really like this catch-22 kafka-esque nightmare that you go through when you're unfortunate enough to have to end up in an er yeah like a person was hit by a city bus oh my um a pole hanging off of a city bus knocked out cold um and then asked like I might be getting the stories uh, mixed mixed up, but basically, the, you know, they were knocked out. They showed up showed up in the ER, asked to be sent to the hospital in network, um, and then was then was told by a, a surgeon that came in after they um, had had treated him that you're going to need emergency surgery to to, to, um, to fix this, you know, jaw wound, a head wound, or whatever. Um, but the, while the hospital was in network, the the, the surgeon wasn't, and oh, he performs a surgery, and next thing you know. You know, he's stuck with this huge bill or like somebody gets knocked out cold or someone's in an accident and they end up, they, they either can't take the person to the in-network hospital. They didn't, they have to take him to the hospital for the, the, you know, indigent people. And then he doesn't have, he gets stuck with the $24,000 bills because he can, he supposedly can pay, which he couldn't. Or, you know, you, 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 you say it's in network and then you get hit with all these extra, extra fees because they really weren't in network and you're lying there bleeding half dying and you're, you're, you're trying to say, please take me in the hot, in the ambulance, please take me to an in network hospital. And then you end up, you know, it's, it's just, it's just crazy. Um, yeah, thanks and, a lot, Nixon. <laughs> what Nixon do? He, uh, he signed the HMO Act. Oh, I see. Which established HMOs and, and set up this whole network out of network garbage. Well, one of the things is is the government uh, got involved with uh, it. Really, the, you can blame the 90% tax bracket. The 90% tax bracket made it so that uh, businesses wanted to attract high end employees. And the way to do that was to offer them things rather than money. 
So they got, you know, optical, dental, medical, uh, company car, you know, all these things. Hey, whatever you want to do. all these perks. Yeah, make a mogul look good. Well, then labor sees that uh, management is getting, uh, you know, these great things. They want medical. They want optical. They want dental. Well, aren't they just as good? And, you know, admittedly, they're just as good a p- person. It's just that the company wasn't paying them that because they... They were paying them that basically because they had to. That's the only way they could attract them. Um, paying them additional money beyond the tax bracket wasn't going to attract the employee that they were looking for because you're offering them a dime on the dollar at that point because the government's going to take the other 90, uh, 90 cents. So as yep. the government's continued to intrude, uh, they, you know, they keep on trying to put Band-Aids and Band-Aids on, and they're, you know, the, the, the dike, she's a kraken. Yeah, I mean, tying healthcare to um, employment is actually really disadvantageous for the working class. And the increased, I mean, there used to be many, you know, I'm talking about over 100 years ago, there used to be many different options for people to, to be taken care of. We all are human beings, we all have bodies, we all require healthcare. And th- to make, th- make it this thing that's just become completely out of, out of, um, out of reach for, for the, for normal people without going through this huge system and you have no idea if you'll come out unscathed. And, you know, a, a lot of these, um, a lot of these were these ridiculous bills, $24,000 for this r- random, a small emergency. And then when the author contacted the hospitals, they, they would, they would basically drop it once they made it. In, the author made inquiries on behalf of those people, but we're, we all have a dem- demand for this. It's one of the most high in demand, um, things and uh, it, it should be ubiquitous. It should be everywhere. This should, supply should be able to easily meet demand, but it, it's been overregulated to the point where it's becoming this thing that, I mean, I just can't even describe something that everyone has a demand for, and yet it, it's it's not. There's nothing to meet market demand. It's ridiculous. Well, there is uh, what six thousand people per day cross from the United States to Mexico to get dental work done. So, you know, the problem is, is you got to go to Mexico to get, you know, inexpensive dental work. I went to the doctor while I was in Mexico. It was free. Free? Free. How'd that work? Well, I went to the, so I, I, I had the, what they call the touristas, uh, which is basically, you know, yeah, my stomach had not uh, yet uh, adapted to the biome that was Acapulco. And did you drink the water? Um, they probably it probably isn't that, but that's what the, that's the shorthand for what happened. The shorthand for what happened is I drank the water, but probably not. <laughs> anyway, um, it's it's probably has to do with uh, people uh, not having the same uh, sanitary uh, practices as far as washing their hands after they use the bathroom that I do. Whatever the case may be. Uh, so I went to the doctor, and he said, "Yeah, take some tar- charcoal tablets." I'd like to know whoever came up with this idea of take. Let's be. Let's eat burnt wood. That'll take care of my upset tummy. Uh, but I took charcoal tablets, and it did. Uh, it took care of everything just as he said it would right off. And you know, thank God, goodness for that guy. He just worked. At, he was just working for the pharmacy. Hmm. So I mean, what is a doctor but a pill pusher? Largely, I mean, there's surgeons, but most doctors these days that you're going to go see for a problem is going to be a pill pusher. They at least acknowledge that he's a pill pusher. They put him on the side of the uh, pharmacy. Then he recommends the pills that you're going to go get. I went in and I bought those pills. I bought a bunch of others, too, because I needed them. And you don't need a prescription to get a whole bunch of different uh, you know, pills in, in Mexico. And they're cheaper, <clears throat> a lot cheaper. So that's if, free market If you demand. went to a hospital in the U.S., if you went to a hospital in the U.S., yeah. what, what would you have? Maybe a $12,000 bill, $15,000 bill? Oh, for what yeah, I do? Yeah. pills. I don't know. I presume it would have been a couple of hundred would be my guess, but... 
Well, if you went to ER. There's no transparency in pricing. You have no idea going into it. It's outrageous. It's not a market. They don't have any idea. They don't know what things cost. They they actively try not to know what things cost. So there's walk-in clinics around here you can go to, which would be the couple hundred dollar thing. But, you know, I remember when I was a little kid, uh, it was common practice for a lot of people because there wasn't really any walk-in clinics in Western Mass at the time. But we're just going to go to the ER. And the reason we're going to go to the ER is because they can't reject us. And we're on Mass Health. And, you know, a lot of them would, you know, people would just do that because just drives down service drives up price right get a doctor's appointment it was almost really difficult right away thanks for the call uh penguin 855-450-3733 it's 855-450-FREE if you want to move to the free state and you're looking for some real estate well i know a guy who's really great it's the Realtor Mark Warden. Looking for a great real estate investment? Consider New Hampshire, which is ground zero for the Liberty Movement. Your first call should be to Mark Warden from Porcupine Real Estate. He's more than just a real estate agent. He's your New Hampshire concierge. Where are the best places to live? Do you want farm, city, the burbs, or forest? Do you want a duplex or multifamily building so that renters pay your mortgage? There are homes in all price ranges in New Hampshire, and Mark can help with financing, too. Invest in Liberty and property. Mark Warden can help. PorcupineRealEstate.com. Yeah. Free Talk Live. Come on. Yeah, come on and call in. Uh, 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE. It is Mark with you. Jay. And Michael. Got this story here from, oh gosh, where was it? Uh, TampaBay.com. And it looks like the politicians in Florida, largely Republican politicians in Florida, are attempting to figure out ways to keep ex-convicts from voting. This has basically boiled down to a partisan issue. If Republicans believed for a moment that ex-convicts were going to vote Republican, they would be clamoring to see them be able to vote, and Democrats, the opposite. This is all about politics. And I don't think things should be that way. I think they should be about what's right. Do I think ex-convicts should be able to vote because they're ex-convicts? No. I don't think anybody should be able to vote. Honestly, the idea that you people can vote and tell me uh, who's going to run my life is outrageous to me. Most most of the people I voted for have never got elected. I got a great example of voting. Two weeks ago, Henniker Town Meeting, small town New Hampshire, population, 4,200 people. I don't know, just like 1,800 people who are actually, or 1,400 people registered to vote, I think, in the town. Town Meeting, literally 60 people, maybe 70 people there. They increased our property tax 20.28% on the town side. That's my taxes That's a big increase. on my property just on the town side, are going to go up $347, according to the mill rate or however they Millage, figure it. Yeah. Millage. So, uh, at this meeting, there was literally 30 to 35 people raising their card yes for every single vote, except for one, uh, but every single vote. And there was, including myself and my wife, five to seven people no on every single increase. What happened is the uh, the will of 30 people is going to be forced upon 
all the landowners, but I'm going to say forced upon 4,200 basically people who live in this geographical area, area called yeah. Hennecker, New Hampshire. Sure. Because you're either own the land or you're renting it and your taxes are going that. up. Yeah. And you're going to go more rent or more taxes, the same darn thing. So, yeah, I don't like voting either. Businesses um, over uh, businesses have to pass overhead on to customers. A rental is a business. It's a small business, and maybe that first year the the cost doesn't get passed on, but it has to get passed on at some point. That money has to come from somewhere. They don't grow on trees. Landlords aren't philanthropists. They're not in it to give people free places to live or pay to have people live in places. So every time you raise the taxes... You're raising the taxes on the poorest because, and you know, that's the way that. That's what I told. I rent uh, a couple rooms to a few people. I told them, uh, you're renting this much. And if the property tax goes up, whatever it goes up is getting, you know, divided up a certain way and you're going to see it. So yep. please go vote no. Yeah. You're and, not, and none of them did. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Why do they care? <laughs> Spread out. So a Florida House committee approved a bill addressing the rollout of Amendment 4. That's the convicts being able to, ex-convicts being able to vote. Despite concerns that it would limit the number of former felons who would have the, their voting rights restored. Right. So people are concerned that it would uh, have this. Well, the Republicans aren't concerned. Voting along party lines, Republicans advanced the measure which would require felons to pay back all court fees and costs before being eligible to vote, even if those costs were not handed down by a judge as part of the person's sentence. So, what? Right. The, uh, basically, it's effectively a poll tax, right? You want to vote? You're going to have to pay whatever we claim the court costs cost, and presumably interest. Remember... There are people in Florida right now who cannot vote because of a felony 40, 50 years old. I have a felony that's 30 years old, and I cannot vote in the state of Florida. What's the court cost? Am I going to have to pay the actual court cost from 30 years ago? Do I have to pay some kind of interest? Is this cost of living increase? Exactly how is this going to work? In my uh, experience, it's always the maximum allowable interest by law is what governments charge. Yeah, like 12%. Whatever um, they Ma- can get out of Massachusetts, it. Massachusetts, it's uh, 18%. Yeah, yeah, they'll always have a thing. They'll always have a number. And then what if, uh, you know, now this is going to morph into, oh, you didn't pay child support, you didn't pay a speeding ticket. Well, why not? If you didn't pay other court costs and you didn't pay a speeding ticket or you didn't pay a parking ticket, now let's, um, you know, take people's right to vote. I mean, they may even do that somewhere. The standard goes beyond the old system, which required someone to pay back restitution to a victim before applying to have their civil rights restored. So you had to finish your entire sentence in order to be able to vote. And that makes a certain amount of sense to me. I don't know exactly how much sense, whatever. I'm not advocating. I'm advocating for fairness. I'm not advocating for lots of people to be able to vote or anything like that. That's not what my concern is. My concern is, is that somebody not be disenfranchised. And in my case, I'm a felon in the state of uh, from the state of Florida. When I go to Florida, they're going to determine, nope, you can't vote. And likely if I attempt to vote, they're going to bring that up when I go up for clemency here in the relatively near future. So the governor is going to be like, oh, well, it doesn't look like you've learned your lesson. You're trying to go out and vote. What? <laughs> I mean, you people, we, they fought a war in this country over taxation without representation. Y'all don't attempt to cut the convicts any slack why would you um i'm not saying that there's not a right 
uh, the, uh, power that the government has to prevent people who've been convicted from voting. I mean, the 13th Amendment's pretty clear. Uh, you know, if you uh, something about people can't be enlisted into involuntary servitude without having been convicted of a felony, therefore presuming that people who've been convicted of a felony can be put in... Uh, well, it says for punishment of a crime. Yeah, punishment of a crime. That's it. Yeah. I, I'm pretty convinced that that crime is impersonating a United States citizen. Yeah. <laughs> By checking off United States citizen on a document, you're now impersonating a United States citizen. Right. At issue is how broadly or narrowly to interpret the amendment and whether the legislature needs to do anything at all. The amendment being uh, what the voters of Florida voted on and whether the legislature needs to do anything. They really don't. But they're going to because the Republicans in Florida want to retain Florida as a uh, red state. I understand what the consequences are. And if you can tell me why convicts in the state of Florida, ex-convicts in the state of Florida should not be able to vote, but ex-convicts in just about every other state in the union should, the number is 855-450-3733. I got a question for you, Mark. Yeah. Are you aware of a state where if you are currently serving time in prison, you can vote? Yes, Vermont. Okay. Yeah. As a matter of fact, um, so different states do it differently. And um, so that's how you get Bernie Sanders as a representative. I think uh, letting inmates vote. Uh, well, perhaps <laughs> there's not that many inmates in, in Vermont. Honestly, it's incarceration rate isn't terrible. The so what they do in Vermont and this makes some sense. There are states they don't do this, which is strange to me. Uh, but in the city of Ver, uh, in, in Vermont, you are a, a voter in your last district. So you're an absentee ballot kind of situation. You send away for it. You get it. And uh, you're in you're in good shape. So that makes a lot of sense. It's the same way they do with soldiers. However, there are states where you vote in the district that you live in. Now, this doesn't make any sense to me. I used to live in a uh, uh, you know, I was in a prison in a place called Sharps, Florida. The prison no longer exists. But Sharps had fewer residents than it did convicts. There were more convicts and sharps than there were people, uh, other people. Um, so if you had let them in Florida, they obviously couldn't vote, but if you had let them vote in Florida, then they would have been the largest voting block in the town, presuming that sharps was uh, not was an actual town instead of just a uh, postal district. <laughs> but there have to be places in America, because often they put prisons in small towns, and in some of these states, one would presume that they have this problem. I mean, do the politicians go to the prison to campaign? You know, everybody's hanging out a tin cup and the, the politicians are going by. I'd like to serve you here at city council. <laughs> I mean, is that what happens? It makes no sense at all. I can't see a politician ever doing that. No. Um, and I'm not advocating for this. I don't, I'm not saying that uh, convicts should be able to vote. I'm not saying that convicts should have the right to keep and bear arms while they're in prison. I'm not saying any of that. I am saying, however, there's a real problem in Florida disallowing uh, ex-cons from voting and the rest of the country doesn't. If you've got some thoughts that I have missed here... 855-450-3733. Believe me, I don't want these people to have control of my life. These voters to have control of my life either. 855-450-3733. I just think it's fair. Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live is bringing up issues that other radio programs in America are not bringing up. Free Talk Live is bringing them to the same radio stations that Rush Limbaugh, Sean Hannity, Glenn Beck, and the rest of the uh, uh, the, the usual suspects are on. And if you like the idea that we're bringing up topics that the rest of the shows aren't bringing up, taking a different stance on the issues than other hosts are, 
Well, check out our AMP page, amp.freetalklive.com. You can do as Doug has done, who's a platinum amplifier. Thank you, Doug. Um, we, we ask simply for, for people to amp at amp.freetalklive.com. But you can, you can do much more. Um, there's a you know, simple $5 a month, and you get all the perks of uh, an amplifier. People like Doug who wish to do platinum, we thank. Uh, but they don't really get much else. <laughs> it's amp.freetalklive.com. Love you, Doug. Amp.freetalklive.com. So... We're talking about this story from uh, Florida, where apparently the Republicans are trying to make uh, as many roadblocks as they possibly can to what they're calling ex-felons, um, ex-cons, to, to keep them from voting. It's more than one million ex-felons would have their right to uh, votes restored, except for those convicted of murder and sexual offenses. That's a lot of votes for Al Gore. Yeah, right. And I think that that's probably what's going on. I And I would guess that it's split like um, two thirds, maybe uh, Democrat to, to one third Republican. Just a guess. I don't know. Um, I can tell you that if you're just looking at straight demographics, though, that might be might be even harder. When I was in prison, I can tell you there were days when it was. Well, you know, like using the terminology white, they they put the boards on the they put the names on the boards. And obviously people are concerned with demographics and stuff. But it was basically 12, uh, one white guy for every 12 non-white guys. So if you presume that everybody is not white and um, is going to vote Democrat and obviously Cubans tend to vote Republican either way, um, then you're going to see some some maybe maybe some higher numbers. I don't know. That's what, just uh, me talking. Was there a lot of Cuban folks uh, in prison with you? Yes. Uh, this was not too long after the Muriel boat lift, so um, you know we saw uh, you know some of those folks in there, and then a lot of times the parents of the Cubans who came are great, upstanding, hardworking folks. The kids, on the other hand, wanted to be involved in gangs and all that stuff. So yeah, I mean, a- just same thing you know <laughs> you see everywhere. I mean, is. Yeah. <laughs> That they don't they don't see the value of having come to a better place and don't want to didn't want to uh, improve their lives. Maybe they went on to do such a thing after they made their first mistakes or whatever. But in their youth, they made these. I was in a youthful fender prison. So, um, you know, I got to see a lot of young guys. So either way, I, I guess one of the questions I'd have for you guys is neither one of you are big on voting. Like you don't think of it as a, as a real solution to a problem. Do you think that ex-convicts should be able to vote? I mean, what 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 are your thoughts on it? I think if you're going to be subject to the voting, that you should, you know, at least be able to, uh, you know, vote your position uh, at the very least. As a matter of, of playing the political game, as it were, the because the, we know it's going to be one or the other that wins. It's not going to be a libertarian. Uh, yeah, if you should be able to participate in that if you want. Yeah, I mean, I vote here in New Hampshire. Uh, well, I used to vote here in New Hampshire. I don't have. I didn't vote in the last election. I feel disenfranchised. I uh, have set up a situation where my uh, the the house in which I live is not owned by me, so <laughs> I don't have to. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to tie my name to my address, and I'm going to keep that as uh, private as I can. As a result, I can't tell the government I live at such and such address and I want to vote if I want the government to not know what my address is. So, um, you know, that's ultimately my problem. I don't vote here, but it's not because I'm not I'm disallowed. I've been voting for the last 12 years in New Hampshire. So and I can go to the vast majority of the states in the United States and I can vote. 
that Florida, for some reason, is better off without convicts voting. I mean, like, let's just figure let's, let's just admit what the reasons are, people. At the very least, let's just go ahead and say it. We don't want ex-convicts to vote because ex-convicts are more likely to be black and black people shouldn't uh, black people vote Democrat. And we Republicans don't want that at the very least. If they'd say that, then that would be the honest truth. Yeah. When we, when do you know a politician to say the honest truth? Well, that's not that's not what they do. But I'm here to get them to do that. Would, would there be a Democrat reason for not wanting convicts to vote? I mean, I can't really think of one. No, no. Um, the Democrats are pushing hard for uh, ex-cons to be able to vote. I can't think of any group that Democrats don't want to vote because the groups that vote Republican can already vote. Um, Republicans okay, yeah. have realized that they are a dying breed and they have clamped down on people being able to vote in different jurisdictions and under different situations. I kind of agree with them on some. I figure if you want to vote in a government election, come up with a government ID. I'm, I'm fine with that. But, um, you know, as an ex-con, I, I went out and got my driver's license that first couple of days. Now, why in the world they would give somebody who has not conducted a motor vehicle in eight and a half years a driver's license without some kind of test or questioning <laughs> is beyond me. But they didn't. Well, <laughs> it's Florida. The, the, the driver's license is not about safety. It's not about how good can you drive. I mean, just go on the road. There's plenty of people who got driver's licenses, and you, you, you wonder how they ever passed a test. It's about keeping track of cattle. It's about controlling the slaves. It's, you know, it's about compliance it, it's yeah it's certainly not about making sure that somebody uh can drive you know, you know just like licensing uh any profession it doesn't mean that you're any good at it or can do it right i mean doctors you know have to have a license to be a doctor and all these other professions and that that it just it just means that you can actually uh, regurgitate the uh, information that they're asking for on an application that's all it's about in a lot of cases, Florida had a mail-in application situation. and um, For a driver's license? Yeah, for a driver's license. So people's parents, uh, Ian uh, renewed his online from New Hampshire regularly. <laughs> um, a lot of people's parents, of uh, when they went to jail, would just mail it in and you know forge some signature or whatever on it and send a check and off it would go. While we're talking about driver's licenses, do you know... Uh, in the fine print in Massachusetts and in Colorado, and actually I noticed in Colorado because my mom got me a learner's permit, uh, and a, or I, no, I got a driver's li- learner's permit, and then a couple of days later I got the driver's license in Colorado when I was 16. I couldn't do it in Massachusetts because I didn't have a social security number. Colorado didn't care. So they started sending my mom these um, uh, the things for to, to register for selective service. Uh-huh. Well, actually, when you... Bring your 16-year-old or 15-year-old or whatever to get a permit or a driver's license. In the fine print, which nobody ever reads because, you know, you're agreeing to you whatever. Know, law, blah, 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 which is, you know, a truck full of books, uh, that you will, that you promise to bring your kid to the post office and have him sign up for selective service. That's what the parent is promising to do when they actually get a driver's license for their child that is under 18 years old and by doing that. <laughs> I, I, wow. I, and and I, we had come across this. And my mom's like, they keep on sending these to me. We keep on. And then about three weeks ago, I was talking to somebody about this. And they're like, oh, yeah, we don't, don't sign that. Don't get your kid a driver's license because th- now you're promising you're going to make them sign up for selective service, basically. Yeah. 
Yeah, I was uh, cowed and I was scared. They were you know, talking about selective service and, you know, so I signed up for it just like anybody else did. I just kept throwing them out. I yeah. never signed up. You you were raised in a, a you know different way than I was raised. Yep. You know, um, I standard wasp white Anglo-Saxon Protestant uh, rearing for me, and my parents were scared to death of the government. They didn't want anything. They didn't want the government coming after them, and I don't didn't want the government coming after. Me. They didn't understand it, and you know they would have never sued anybody. They just don't like it. My, my dad actually never signed up for selective service because he didn't have a social security number. And when the football coach brought him and all his buddies on the football team down to the post office, they said, we need your social security number. Now, this was like, you know, my dad had friends that were moving to Canada before their kids turned 18. You know, my dad was, you know, this was like dirt right about what's it on um, Vietnam War right, era. Sure. And they were like he had friends that were moving to Canada because they were worried that their sons were going to get drafted when they turned 18. So they moved to Canada before they turned 18. And my dad would. The lady said, go get a social security number, and when you get a social security number, then you can sign up for selective service. Well, he never went and got the number. There you go. We'll just wait for that. <laughs> no big deal. Uh, just have to, you just have to wait. Um, let's see. Uh, election supervisors have uh, and others have said that they want to help. And they want help interpreting the historic amendment, which Florida passed last year, allowing uh, ex-convicts to vote. It allowed more than one million ex-felons to have their voting rights restored, except for those convicted of a murder or sexual offenses. Um, nobody defined what sexual offenses meant, Grant said. So he included every uh, felony sexual offense on the books, including prostitution and placing an adult entertainment store within 2,500 feet of a school. Or peeing behind a dumpster. Right. All kinds of stuff. Well, there's no there's no charge for that. That's just uh, lewd and lascivious or whatever. Um, that's that's a misdemeanor, right? Yeah, right. No. No? Lewd and lascivious is not a misdemeanor. I've, I've seen people convicted of some amazing stuff. 855. I'm giving you the, the telephone number. Go to freetalklive.com. Check out our telegram, telegram.freetalklive.com. You can see all of our show prep there. It's been Mark with you. Jay. And Mike. There are basically two types of advertising, direct response and branding. Radio is great for direct response with its low cost to listener ratio, but audio can't be beat for branding, which is a longer term endeavor. You want to be the first thing that someone thinks of when they think about your product or service. If you have a local business that you want kept top of mind in your community, call the station. If you need national reach, Free Talk Live's got around 200 radio stations, millions of monthly listening sessions, can suit all budgets, and if we don't think we're right for you, we'll tell you. Email me, mark at freetalklive.com.